0: The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network.
1: Hi everyone, Kimberly Fulker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Chat with your host, Barry Carellis. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to take a moment and share a word from our sponsor. Body Wrappers Angela Luzio is happy to be the proud sponsor of the Premiere Dance Network. Body Wrappers Angela Luzio is known for its fine total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. Tyler Peck, principal dancer with the New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck designs for Premiere. It takes a dancer who wears a leotard all day to know what is best in a leotard. So Tyler's beautiful original leotard designs fit perfectly, are ideal for class, rehearsal, or performance, and move well with the body won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for all types of dance that includes ballet, jazz, modern, lyrical, hip hop, tap, team, liturgical, performance wear for competition and recital, as well as Angela Luzio shoes. You may view all the products at www.bodywrappers.com or to purchase Tyler Peck designs by Body Wrappers, go to dancewearcorner.com or your favorite online dance apparel retailer for all their products.
0: Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Carollis, and you are listening to Pa to Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi monthly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I am happy to share my 16 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Hello, happy Friday to all of you listeners out there. It has been really beautiful here in New York City with all this fall weather. The leaves are finally changing and when i go for a walk you can smell those fireplaces starting up i think now that we are past halloween we're technically officially in the holiday season i was walking through our rite aid our pharmacy right across the street from our apartment and it, i believe it was november 1st they already had all the santa clauses out and all the holiday cards so uh, the season is upon us <laughs> even though i've like barely even seen any tv commercials thus far but uh, that's a good thing uh usually by now I've already seen a few. Uh, What's new? So every once in a while I check in with our producer and, or my producer and our CEO of the Premier Dance Network, Kimberly Falker, uh, just to see like, you know, who's listening and how many downloads we have a year and how many people have heard pod, like our unique podcast listeners, which means that they're like, Individuals versus like somebody who has downloaded and listened to multiple episodes. Um, and it was really exciting to find out last week that I'm pretty much accruing at least 50,000 downloads a year at this point. Um, and that uh, listener wise, this podcast has reached at least, I think it's like 54,000 people at this point. So a round of applause to all of you. Thank you guys so much for. Listening in and then coming and meeting me and taking class uh, and reaching out to me, I I really appreciate it. I'm so grateful for all of you out there that are listening to what I have to share about this wonderful art form called dance. And uh, to see the statistics, it's it's very exciting for me. So keep on listening, share this with your friends, tell everybody at your in in your dance classes, <laughs> tell your friends that don't know anything about dance. Um, Yeah. Keep on sharing the love. I really appreciate it. What else? Um, I had an article. I don't think I mentioned this in the last podcast. So I wrote an article for Dance Magazine that released, uh, I think it was like Monday, a week and a half ago. And it was about non-dancing, the non-dancing spouses of professional dancers. Um it was the first article that I wrote that wasn't about me. I've been blogging for like seven years and I've been podcasting for two and a half. So I tend to talk about and write about things that I'm doing or I've experienced, so it's kind of always been me centric. Um and I got my first assignment to do a a feature on other people, which was actually really exciting to to get to I don't know, share the the experience of, of writing with a, a few other people. So I ended up um, interviewing Alison Walsh's husband, Christopher Ryan Dale. Alison Walsh was a Joffrey ballet dancer and then ended up uh, as an original cast member in American in Paris and Anastasia on Broadway. And then she headlined the national tour of American in Paris as Lise. Her husband is a bassist with the band Deer Tick. So I interviewed him. I also uh, interviewed Colleen Quinn, who is a yogi cop. She's a yoga teacher and a cop, and she is married to uh, Stephanie Clemens, who is the associate choreographer and uh, worldwide dance captain for Hamilton, from Broadway to the national tours and local shows. Um, And then the last person I interviewed was David Jackson Jr., who is a transplant coordinator and a uh, volunteer EMT. And he is married to Jermel Johnson, who's a principal of Pennsylvania Ballet. So if you didn't get a chance to see that article, go check it out. You can just Google my name in Dance Magazine or any of their names in Dance Magazine. Um, or you can uh, go onto my social media and find a link to that there or go on Dance Magazine social media. All right. Um, but it's a re- it was a really fun article. So you should check it out if you have a little bit of free time um, I don't have a lot of free time. Things are getting really busy right now. I'm rehearsing a lot of students for Youth America Grand Prix, have a lot of classes happening. Um, also rehearsing Nutcracker, uh, with Greenwich Ballet Academy, where I'll be performing Drosselmeyer up at SUNY Purchase, uh, uh, December 8th and 9th. Um, so yeah, I have those happening. And then I'm also adding every Friday and through Thanksgiving, I'm subbing for Jamie Salmon, one of the teachers at Broadway Dance Center at 1.30 on Fridays. It's an advanced beginner ballet class. Also on the Saturday after Thanksgiving, I will be doing advanced beginner ballet class at 10.30 a.m. And I will also be doing an intermediate contemporary class at 1.30 p.m. These are all at Broadway Dance Center. I think I said that, but just in case... Um, and then I guess it's, it's also important for me to let you know that I won't be teaching on Black Friday. They are replacing the floors of the studios that I teach in. And then also I will, because I'll be doing Nutcracker, I won't be teaching December 6th through 9th and then December 17th through January 8th. Um, the first is for Nutcracker and the second one is because my hubby and I are going to Southeast Asia. Yeah, I'm excited. It's gonna be Thailand, Hong Kong and Cambodia. Three weeks, it's gonna be fascinating. I probably also won't podcast during that time just so I can enjoy myself and not stress about finding an internet connection while I'm traveling the world. Um, I hope you understand that. If you don't, I'm sorry, but there are over 100 other podcasts for you to listen to um, while I'm away, all right? Alrighty, let's move on to this week's topic. I've been trying to determine what I want to talk about this week. And honestly, I've really been struggling to find a topic. Uh, it's not that I can't think of something to chat about. It's it's like the complete opposite, to be completely honest. It's, it's more that I have too many ideas and nothing has been so inspiring that I've just been like, oh, this is the one I have to do. I feel like... Uh, there were one or two things that I really wanted to talk about, but I feel like my last few episodes have been darker uh, with my Halloween fears episode and talking about death and age. So I wanted to do something a little bit lighter. It's too early to talk about being thankful. Maybe I'll do that in the next couple of weeks. I feel like I do that every year. I need to find something else to do. Um, but I was I was riding the train home last night from teaching up in Greenwich, Connecticut, and I was thinking what would be a timely subject. Uh, I finally settled on talking about preparing for summer intensive and company auditions. A lot of people think that preparations for auditions should start in the new year, but in reality, this right now in November and prepping into December is the time of year that people need to begin prepping. Uh, I said prepping too many times there. (laughs) Forgive me. So yeah, I figured I would help you guys out and offer you some insight as to what I've done in the past to prepare. Um, And... Keep in mind, my experience may be different than your experience. When I was auditioning for things, like for summer intensives, they still sent us our results in an envelope. And if you got a big yellow envelope, you knew you got in. And if you got a white, like regular letter envelope, um, you already knew that you weren't getting in. Um, and now apparently you get them through email. Um, so a lot has changed. I do have a lot of students that do still good auditions and I hear from them. Um, but I'm just giving you information that I, I've experienced, um, so if anybody has anything to add or if there's anything that I, I'm not aware of, I would love for you to reach out to me and educate me. Um, I wanna stay on top of my stuff and uh, I, can't, I can't do everything on my own. So uh, I would love it if I'm missing anything or if there's anything that you think I should know, uh, let me know. All right, all right, where am I in my notes? So yeah, why prepare now? So for schools, like summer intensives, Most summer program auditions start in January. Uh with the Nutcracker and holidays coming up, people get easily distracted from the fact that they need to look for things like audition dates. Um if you don't live in a, a big city or right near a, a bigger city, um, a lot of times you have to figure out travel, um, whether it's driving a few hours or if it's flying somewhere. Um also, a lot of times just think of the holidays as time to like relax and eat whatever you want and sleep in. Um, but if your first audition is the first week of January, you need to come up with a plan to stay in shape. And a lot of schools, they'll close their studios after Nutcracker and they won't open back up until uh, like the, the week of, of New Year's. Um, so you need to make sure that you can stay in shape if you have earlier auditions. Um, and also there are certain items that you're going to need for, for each audition. And you want to make sure that you have everything that you need and that you're not stressfully scrambling, uh, last minute to, to figure those things out for company auditions. Company auditions typically happen later than summer intensive auditions, but like summer intensives, you still wanna make sure that you are prepared if you plan on attending any cattle calls, especially because some companies use their summer intensive auditions for consideration into their training programs and second companies. Um, and for dancers already on contract, most unions require companies to mention if there's a possibility that a dancer won't be rehired. Um, and this happens in, in artistic evaluations and artistic evaluations almost always are, are are scheduled, uh, in November and December. Um, and then beyond all of that, a lot of times dancers, uh, who want to attend a company class, they can only go during their layoffs. And one of the first layoffs of the new year is usually right after Nutcracker. Um, so these are all the reasons that you may want to consider preparing now versus waiting until the new year to, to really get going on, on, audition preparations all right so when are auditions and how do you find them so summer intensive auditions they typically happen between january and march every once in a while you'll see one in april um but january and february are really like those those months that are dense with auditions um If you need to put together a video, for instance, like when I uh, was directing Alaska Dance Theater, almost all of our students had to put together a video unless they had enough money to constantly fly to different places. Um, We had like two or three summer intensives that Uh, would come up to to hold auditions, but it wasn't uh, really quite lucrative for them to come up because the population of dancers up there was so small and they need to make enough money from auditionees to uh, make the trip worthwhile. But yeah, uh, if you need to put together a video, the dates to send the videos might actually be sooner than the dates of their summer intensives. And since there's a lot more preparation for a video audition, because, I mean, you kind of have to go in the studio and prepare a lot of stuff, you know, just show up to an audition, um, you're going to want to know if those dates are sooner than later. So if you, if you're looking for these auditions, um, you can usually find them. I think, I can't remember if it's the December issue. It's that's the December, January issue, um, for dance magazine point magazine dance spirit um they usually mention them there uh and then obviously the, the easiest way to to find all this stuff is to go on to the the school's websites um, wish I had that resource when I was younger. Uh, websites weren't developed enough. Let me age myself. Websites weren't developed enough. Um, when I was auditioning for summer intensives. So it was like, you kind of just had to wait for dance magazine to come out and then you had to buy it. And then you had to highlight all the dates and figure it out. Um, so, uh, y'all are lucky now. So yeah, for, for company auditions, it really just is dependent. Um, when when company auditions happen, it's dependent upon whether you're going to those big cattle call auditions or if you plan on attending company class. Cattle calls usually happen between March and April. Sometimes they'll happen in February. And like I said, sometimes they're even a part of their summer intensives. Um, And I didn't even mention this. If you don't know what a cattle call audition is, it's when they have an audition and everybody shows up. So there's like too many people in the studio. Um, For that, because of the way that cattle calls work, it can be very hard to be seen. So a lot of dancers will try to set up company class. Usually um, companies will only allow this to happen for a non-professional if they send a video and they really are interested. Um, But if you're already professional and you're looking to... uh, change companies, or if you've lost your contract, uh, it's easier to set up company class, but yeah, so company class can honestly happen at any point. Uh, usually dancers will do this during their breaks, whether after Nutcracker, during spring break or a random layoff. Um, but like for me, me, for instance, when I left Pacific Northwest Ballet, I would fly during the weekends that I wasn't performing, um, to audition. It was exhausting, but you know, you make things work. Uh, video auditions uh, for companies are usually better earlier because directors are usually really busy, um, and there are bursts of times that they won't have, they won't have a moment to look at your video. Like Nutcracker, usually no, um, right before performance, usually no. So, uh, if you can get it in earlier, it'll give enough time for the director to look at your information. Um, because... something else that's important to know is that if you send a video audition for company, chances are, if they are interested, they're going to ask you to come take company class. Um, or if there's an audition still happening, they might ask you to come to that. Uh, but yeah, so how do you find information about auditions? Um, you can sometimes find information about these auditions in periodicals like the ones that I mentioned before, but it really is best to head to a website uh, of a company. Um, because the, if, if they're going to have an audition, they're usually going to post it under employment or opportunities on their website. You have to kind of dig sometimes, uh, it'll usually be under the about section or the contact us, us section. Um, but yeah, if it, it may not say auditions, it may say opportunities or employment. Um, companies aren't required to hold these cattle call auditions so if you can't find any information on on auditioning just email the company manager a ballet master uh or the info email that they they list on the website and if they don't provide like a clear direct pathway for you to get in contact with one of them it's, it, it, all it takes is a really simple phone call to the the main line for the company. Uh, you'll usually get the front desk person and just ask them for information on here to contact for auditions. Um, don't be shy, okay? Just just try it. Um, if there are, there may be times that companies will say we have no contracts available and they, they won't allow people to audition, but usually, uh, Companies don't even know if people are going to be coming back, so they'll hold auditions just in case dancers leave. Alrighty, so what do you need to prepare uh, for these auditions? Everybody is different, so be sure to read all of the information for summer intensives and companies. If it's not listed, again, check the website. Um, If it's for summer intensive, just look for under auditions and they should have some guidelines um, if it's a company, it may not be as clear. Uh, they kind of expect you to figure things out uh, when it comes to like dress code and whatnot. But uh, there there may be some other requirements. Uh, again, if you can't find it on the website, call them or email. But try to figure this all out in one fell swoop, especially if you're calling a company. Companies get lots of calls. And like I said, they're the direction, the directorships, that's not a word that I'm looking to use, but the directors and the administrative staff and the artistic staff, they're, they're quite busy throughout the year. So if you're calling and then you forgot something, you call back and you forgot something, you call back, they're going to be annoyed with you. They're not going to want to see you. So make sure that you know, every question that you have so that when you call them, you can get all that information at once. um, And same for summer intensives. Tons of families of dancers will likely be calling schools and dozens of dancers will be reaching out to companies. So just try to to take as little time as necessary to gain the information that you need. So for summer intensives, you'll probably not need a resume. Uh, I get this question from parents all the time. Dancers rarely need resumes for summer intensive auditions. Uh, These programs, they usually have dancers fill out a form uh, with their... Name, their information, like their email address and their phone number and their address and like height and things like that. Um, so they'll usually have them filled out and they may even ask for experience, uh, or they could ask if you've won any awards at competitions or anything like that. Um, sometimes you'll have to submit that, uh, Prior to to showing up at the audition, there might be a pre-registration. So just be sure that you don't have to do that, or you do have to do that. Uh, but yeah, so a resume is usually not necessary. You're probably just gonna have to fill out a form for the for the child. Uh, what else? When when I was a kid, we were always required to bring a black and white picture in first arabesque, and that was had to be on relevé as we got older. Uh, sometimes they would request a headshot or a picture, maybe in like a la second. Um but usually if they wanted one, they would take the photo on site. Uh, I'm not really sure how they're doing that now, but I think that the first arabesque picture is usually like a solid picture to have. Um, you don't even need to have it done professionally. You can have a friend with a, a camera. Uh, a lot of times people would will do it at bar and they'll hold to the bar and they'll let go for a hot second. But if you can do it like in the center so it's very clear that you have solid technique, um, that will be better people in our career. We, we know what we, what we're seeing. So don't try to trick us. Um, for summer intensive auditions, there will always be a registration fee. I don't think I know any summer intensive that I didn't go to that had a registration fee. And usually they will be between $20 and $50. And the reason that they do this is because A, it costs money for these tours. Um, and B, they have to pay the staff that are, are running the auditions. Um, and it's also just a, a way to say thank you for, for seeing me and considering me. Um, also, it, it's kind of like taking open class. People pay money to take my classes at Broadway Dance Center. So it's, it's also sort of paying for the experience of getting to take class. Um, be sure to check if they require payment online prior to the audition, um, or whether they want payment in person. And if they want payment in person, be sure to make sure that it's cash check or credit card because you don't want to show up and then stress your child out because, uh, you don't have the money to allow them to take the audition. Uh, You just want to make it as smooth as possible. For company dancers, uh, you're definitely gonna need a resume headshot in a dance shop. If you need assistance with your resume, you can check out my archive um, of blogs on Life of a Freelance Dancer. That's uh, lifeoffreelancedancer.blogspot.com. My last post uh, that I ever wrote on there, cause it, it's five years worth of posts that I archived. Um, there's a link to a post that has every single blog I ever wrote. And if you go through that, you'll be able to find uh, a lengthy discussion that I I wrote about how to write a proper resume for a professional. Um, so if you need that information, you can check that out there. Um, but yeah, so you'll definitely need a resume that has uh, detailed professional experience, um, roles that you've done, uh, where you've danced, uh, where you trained, if there are any special, recognition that you, you want people to know about your height, your eye color, uh, if you're unionized, all that kind of stuff. Um, also a nice clean looking headshot with a bit of personality can help. You don't want it to be like Broadway, but, uh, for a ballet audition, you're going to want it to be, uh, something where you, if, if you're a woman, maybe, uh, actually, you know, I don't think your hair has to be up, but it it is helpful if your hair is up uh, because when they're looking at you, they want it to look like you. And if your hair is down, it might make it more difficult. So that will probably be helpful for guys. You want to look like yourself too. Lastly, you're gonna want a dance shot. Unlike typical summer intensive audition uh, photographs, dancers can show off their best attributes in these dance shots, unless the company specifically asks for something like a first arabesque. Pick a pose or a step that makes you feel great, whether it be a big jump or a nice line. Studio shots are good, um, but if you have any performance shots, that's even better. Um, Sometimes it's nice to have an option for both just in case they want something. Um, And then as for payment, if you're taking company class, usually they won't have you pay. Um, If you're auditioning at a cattle call, you'll usually have to pay a registration fee um, unless you're unionized. A lot of companies that are unionized, if you are a part of AGMA, the American Guild of Musical Artists, usually being a part of the union covers the cost of the audition. So just make sure you're clear on that. And don't be afraid when you walk in to say, and they ask you to pay a registration fee to say, uh, is it free for union dancers or do we still have to pay? Um, So, I mean, if it were me, and I mean, when I was dancing, money was always tight. So it's good to save money where you can save it. Um, Okay. What do you need to prepare for video auditions? So, for summer program auditions, there should be exact specifications um, and guidelines that you'll need to follow on a website. Be sure to follow those guidelines strictly. If it says no more than 10 minutes, don't go to like 10 minutes and 30 seconds. Um, if it says to do like three combinations, at bar, four combinations in center and a variation, go ahead and do that. If you don't understand what they're asking for, you must ask somebody to help you that is experienced. And by asking, that might mean hiring somebody. In fact, you should almost always ask for assistance from a teacher or professional to develop an appropriate set of combinations if that is required. Um, Maybe you don't need to hire somebody to film it if you are good at filming and editing, um, but you at least want to make sure that the combinations um, are proper. most, Most students that are not burgeoning on a professional career, I I wouldn't necessarily trust them to be able to come up with an appropriate set of combinations for uh, an audition video. If you're auditioning for companies, they may or may not ask for class combinations. Uh, Usually they don't. If the company doesn't offer any parameters, I often suggest sticking to footage of live performance if you have it. Um of course you want the live footage to be you featured. You don't want to have like a, a piece where you're in a core of 12 and put an arrow on it. And if the footage is blurry because they're trying to show the whole group. Um, so if you don't have any footage of you performing any solo or pas de deux work or, uh, pas de trois or anything like that, I would strongly suggest that you rehearse a classical variation and a contemporary solo. Um, and do a recorded in the studio and then send that out to companies. Um, Again, video auditions for summer programs can usually lead to acceptance into summer programs, but video auditions for companies typically will only get you invited to uh, an audition or a company class. Um, so video auditions can definitely save you money for summer programs, but chances are, uh, the only way that it will save you money for a company audition is if they're not interested so that you're not spending money to fly out to the, to the location, um, and then to be rejected even because they weren't interested. Um, so yeah, that's what you need to prepare all right. We're getting close to the end here. What to bring to audition? So, uh, I mean, this is going to be pretty streamlined here um, because I feel like I've mentioned a lot of those things. But whether you're going to a summer program audition or a company audition, of course, like I said, bring those bring those things that I, I just spoke about, whether it be a resume, your dance shots, a headshot. um, Also, this tends to be more for company auditions, but summer program auditions, sometimes so many people show up that they have to split, uh, the audition into groups. So make sure that you show up with like a a breakfast or a lunch and extra water and something to occupy yourself because you may show up hoping to like go in right away to audition, but you may end up waiting for hours before you actually get to be seen, um, I I would also suggest, I mean, I was told to do this a lot and I never, I never needed it, but I was always glad to have the safety net. Um, Aside from like the obvious, bring your, your tights, your Leotard, your t shirts, your shoes, ballet shoes, point shoes, socks now for contemporary work, um, maybe some extra bobby pins for your hair and hairspray um, and all that stuff. You want to make sure that you have something to replace something that goes wrong. So, say that your point shoes break, bring a second pair of point shoes. Um, Maybe bring some glue, some jet glue in case you want to reinforce your point shoes. Make sure that you bring a needle and thread in case your ribbons or your elastic or your tights tear off. Um, I don't know if your tights would tear off, but if there's a tear in your tights. Um, Just make sure that you're prepared for any type of situation. Maybe some nail polish for your, your tights if you might get a run or anything like that. You just, auditions are already stressful enough as it is. So you just want to make sure that you have everything covered when you show up so that you can focus only on auditioning. You don't want to be focusing on uh, something that throws you off, like doing a contemporary section and not having socks um, or having dead point shoes, thinking that you got the other pair, but you brought the wrong pair and then realizing that you don't have, uh, you don't feel like you can dance to your best ability. Um, Really, the goal of auditioning is to show up and have it be the best you could possibly do. And you don't want anything to get in your way of that. My experience auditioning for summer intensives and companies was a really, really positive thing. I loved auditioning. um, And the the stress that came from it was actually positive stress for me. Like I looked forward to it. I got kind of a high off of it. um, And I usually had my better classes when I was auditioning because uh, the adrenaline would just push me. i so looked forward to summer intensive auditions and it was it was more than just the idea that i could get into a summer program i loved getting in the studio with other dancers and seeing what was out there and what i needed to improve upon because i went to a local school i was the only guy there and it was it, it was kind of lonely and we didn't have the internet um, working in ways where we could watch videos of our peers so I really loved that. Um, I also like getting feedback to sort of like see where I was. Um, a lot of times I feel like we, we can't really tell like where we stand in the dance world because we get stuck in our own studio atmosphere. And it's nice to get out and just like see where we stand uh, in the world of dance. <laughs> um, and then for company auditions, I, I did a handful of company auditions. My... Year that I was at the Care of Academy of Ballet when I was eighteen years old, I did I did a handful of auditions, maybe like two or three in New York City. I did. We had two or three companies come to the Care of Academy of Ballet to watch us, and then I think I f- flew on site to another audition. I ended up getting a job with Colorado Ballet um, when I was eighteen, and I I turned it down to train another year at the School American Ballet. Um, and then that next year, when I was at School American Ballet, I was very lucky being in New York City um, and having access to everything, uh, everybody that was coming through the city to hold auditions. Um, I ended up, I think I did like 15 auditions that year and I, I was very lucky to get eight contracts. Um, I ended up choosing Houston Ballet at the end of that audition season. But the reason that I auditioned for all them was because I was convinced I wasn't going to get one. Um, it's just, you know, it's me and like how my brain works. But I was like, if I do as many as possible, at least something will happen. Um, but, I, I don't know, I felt like auditioning for companies in those cattle call auditions was like the culmination of all of the hard work that I had done over the years. And whether it worked out or it didn't, it, it just drove me to want to be the best that I could be. And I think that that's how we should all always think. You should always try to be the best that you can be. Um... After that year, I think I maybe did a few kettle call auditions um, throughout my career. But for the most part, once you become a professional, generally, I think most working professionals should get the the benefit of taking company class. So I mostly did company classes after that. Um, and... Usually I enjoy those too. And I mean, the, the best part for me, for those was getting to reconnect with friends uh, in the dance world who, uh, when you're in a, a big school like the School of American Ballet or the Kirov Academy of Ballet, um, you don't stay together. You you disperse around the world to dance. And it, it was always very fun to reconnect with people and meet some new people um, and then have the chance of possibly getting a, a better offer or a good a good replacement offer. So yeah, auditioning for me, I loved auditioning when I was when I was in my performance career, um, and I I think that having such a positive outlook on auditioning um, really helped me do well. I think that a lot of people get in their heads and they think, well. <laughs> This I'm just going to these auditions to be turned down or like uh, if it didn't go perfectly it was the worst audition ever. Um, I think that if you if you find a way to go into your auditions with uh, a positive approach and then just using the feedback that you get whether you get a, a, a job or a, a scholarship into an intensive or even just an acceptance in intensive, um, just take it for what it is and if you don't get in uh find new pathways use it as inspiration to be smarter use it as inspiration to uh really like force yourself to go out of your comfort zone and to uh try to open as many pathways as possible uh sometimes we get in our in this idea that this is the only place that we have to get into I know at the School of American Ballet, a lot of dancers felt that they didn't get into New York City Ballet, there was no point in trying for anything else. But I feel like the reason that I was successful was because I was like, okay, well, if number one doesn't work out, what about number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, and 20? Um, so I, I suggest if you are not getting exactly what you want to keep on pushing in different directions, and if you do that, eventually something should work out for you. Um, so yeah, yay, that was positive. I was, like I said at the beginning, I was worried that I was gonna end up talking about another dark topic. And I I don't know, I really loved auditioning. I, I just feel like it's like you work so hard, you might as well show it off to other people. And sometimes they like it and sometimes they don't. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that this episode has been very helpful to you and that you'll take, uh, what I've said into consideration, um, and start preparing for everything now. Uh, it costs money to do photo shoots and sometimes, uh, good photographers are, are booked. So maybe think about planning that now, start looking at where you want to go. Cause sometimes auditions are the same day and maybe you need to figure out all those logistics. So hopefully I've given you some, uh, forethought. Is that a word? Um, and you're you're going to start to prepare yourself now to have a very, very successful audition season. And if you are auditioning for summer programs and companies, I wish you the best of luck. Um, and uh, yeah, I really do. I, I, I wish you well. Um, that's a great note to end on. So... Let's call it quits. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorliss.com. Again, that's www.b-a-r-r-y-k-e-r-o-l-l-i-s.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book masterclasses in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcasts on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B Corollas, or on Twitter at Fariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blogs. I have Life of a Freelance Dancer, which I talked about previously in this episode, and you can find that at lifeoffreelancedancer.blogspot.com. On there, I talked about working as a freelance artist and independent contractor for over five years. I also have Dancing Off Stage, which you can find at dancingoffstage.wordpress.com. And on there, I talk about the post-performance careers of professional Po- are yeah, the post-performance careers of professional dancers. Lastly, I have a YouTube channel if you're curious about my choreography, and you can find that by going in the search bar on YouTube and typing in B Corollis. Thanks for listening in to Pod the Chats. I hope you return two weeks from this Friday to talk dance with me, and remember to go out and support your local dance scene.